this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering four conversations from Season 3, Episode 12, our episode in honor of Black History Month about specific challenges that confront non-Hispanic Americans with fatty liver disease. In this conversation, Yanni Adiri, Nash Medical Science Liaison at Novo Nordisk and longstanding Surfing Nash fan, explains why she pitched the idea of this particular subject as part of Black History Month. Fellow panelist Donna Cryer, founder and CEO of the Global Liver Institute, Dr. Zaki Sharif of Howard University, and Dr. Annie Kardashian of the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California, all weigh in with their own perspectives on why the issues of NAPLD and NASH in non-Hispanic blacks merit more attention than they get today. While non-Hispanic black Americans are less likely to have fatty liver disease than other ethnic groups, those who do face unique challenges involving the nature of the disease and social determinants of health. This is an important issue for all of us to understand better and to act on more aggressively. So sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn and Facebook discussion groups. This is Black History Month in the U.S. For those who don't live in the U.S. and listen to this podcast, typical week, we have 28 or 30 countries we get listeners from. So some might be aware even outside the U.S., but not all. So we wanted to do an episode in Black History Month that was, well, this disease doesn't have that long a history. So you couldn't exactly make it about the history of Nash or Naffold because you wouldn't be going back far enough. But to take a look at things that we do know are historically true about social determinants of health as they affect non-Hispanic African-Americans and how that might interplay with Nash, NAFLD, other liver diseases to create some treatment challenges that are unique that people who treat Nash and NAFLD or involved in this community might not think about often enough. So globally, that was the idea that Yanni brought to me and said, gee, can we do something about Black History Month and social determinants of health? And that was a couple of months ago, and here we are. Yanni, why don't you kick us off, take a couple of minutes, share a little more about your thinking in suggesting the episode and what you hope for people who are listening to take away broadly from what we're talking about today. Sure. Thank you. Yanni Adiri. Sure. Thank you, Roger. And as you mentioned, I think that it's important to highlight this topic, especially in the month of Black History Month, and specifically because we have epidemiological studies that show that the prevalence of NAFLD is lowest than Black Americans, but it's also important to note that it is still the second most common cause of cirrhosis in this ethnic group. In addition to that, looking at work that was done by Brill and colleagues, once Black Americans actually get NAFLD, the progression to NASH in terms of frequency is very similar. And then also so the severity is very similar as white Americans. And so what that tells us is this protective effect that we've been talking about in black Americans could be potentially a misconception that can contribute to underscreening of black Americans and leading to disease progression. But not just that, right? There are other myriad of factors that are actually far stronger determinants of health outcomes than medical care in black Americans and that social determinants of health. And so Dr. Kardashian has touched on her work and what she does in that field. And so when we're saying social determinants health, which honestly, that term has been brought about so much during the pandemic. We're talking about access to healthcare, education, income. We're talking about employment, as well as food insecurity issues, housing stability, and even discrimination, to name a few. We also know that, which has been very much evident during COVID pandemic, Black Americans are disproportionately burdened by those social determinants of health, leading to worse outcomes in their health, even in, in liver disease. So bringing it back 
to NAFLD NASH when we're talking about AGA clinical care pathways and identifying some specific groups that have been identified as high risk and emphasizing the importance of screening to ultimately prevent cirrhosis and disease progression and mortality. I believe understanding the role of social determinants in identification of high risk groups in prevention and early intervention, as well as the management of NASH NAFLD is very critical and it would help us with creating successful strategies as far as intervention in Black Americans. That's what the idea was and why I brought up. And I mean, there's so many amazing people on this panel that I'm excited to, to hear more about that today. Ani Kardashian. Well, I'll just say I'm so grateful that she brought this topic forward as someone who celebrates Black history every month. This is as good a time as any to talk about it. I also, Roger, to your point about there hasn't been a long history of NASH, I think that's a fantastic opportunity to do a disease state that has equity built into it from the start. So I think this is a fantastic opportunity to make sure that inclusion of African-American organizations, as we have in the NASH Council from the very beginning, of researchers who are interested interested in these topics and making sure that the trials are designed in ways and registries are designed in ways that we can have appropriate levels of African-Americans and then Africans when we start talking about genetic diversity in trials baked into the process so that when we have treatments or interventions, whether medical or social, from the start, we are making sure that African-Americans are included rather than waiting five years 10 years down the line, or never. In many, many cases, we're still at the never. And so I think this is a fantastic opportunity because we're writing Black history now. This day will someday be part of Black history. So let's write it in a way that we can all be proud of our participation in it. Fantastic. Other thoughts or comments before we go on? I have a question, Roger, if yeah. you don't mind. Zaki Sharif. The fact that I came to Howard University to study health disparities and, of course, NAFLD, NASH, hepatocellular carcinoma being on the top of the agenda. The question I have for Yanni is that when she mentioned the progression from NAFLD to cirrhosis in African Americans is much faster, and correct me if I made an error in that statement, because I have some correlation with HCC as well. Is that what you said? Then I can continue. They're actually similar. So the frequency and progression from NAFLD to NASH, as well as the severity of NASH in Black Americans was similar um, to white Americans. Okay, what we found out in terms of study of the liver cancer, the hepatocellular carcinoma is African-Americans progress very slowly towards cirrhosis. But once they get cirrhosis, they actually go faster developing this end-stage liver disease, which is the HCC. Uh, and they don't necessarily qualify for liver transplantation, and that's another issue with the social determinants of health. But uh, I thought that was a very interesting kind of intersection in studying occasions and African-Americans developing HCC at a different degree and also at different pace. So just to add to it, what Yanni said, while the rates of NAFLD and NASH are, or the prevalence is lower in Blacks, we do know that outco- long-term outcomes are, are poorer. So there's been a couple of studies out of the, using the nationwide inpatient sample, cross-sectional analyses that have really investigated outcomes in hospitalized people with NAFLD and have found that Blacks have higher rates of mortality than whites. And this also extends to just sort of healthcare utilization and hospital discharges and length of stay. So we do know that despite perhaps there are lower risks so, and, and and how much of this is also, as Donna mentioned, how much of this is from lack of representation in clinical trials as well. Um, but despite that, we are seeing poor long-term outcomes in Black Americans. So I hope we can highlight this and, and show how important
important it is that we start to study where the gaps in understanding um, these disparities are. Is it uh, lack of screening? Is it sort of underdiagnosing people? Is it lack of access to care? So really research should focus on why these disparities exist and you know, how we can then use our understanding to change differential outcomes in different racial and ethnic groups. Thanks, Anthony. Before I turn to Zaki and ask him to talk about his work, I want to see if anybody would like to run with Annie's question a little bit. Where are the most important places to be looking, do you think? What is the work that you've done or, or read or are involved with tell you about that? Donna Cryer. I really appreciate Dr. Sharif's comments about HCC. That's where I was going to lead. We know that the outcomes are so drastic and so tragic with, by the time African-American men get to liver cancer, it's 60% higher and more deadly than for Caucasian men. And for African-American women, it's 30% higher than for their Caucasian counterparts. That leads me to believe that we need to be focusing earlier and earlier in the process and investigating why there is or may be this protective effect while there's still a chance to intervene. Instead of waiting for everyone to finally arrive at the doors of the transplant center with very advanced liver disease, it seems to me even more important for this population that we focus on prevention and controlling the controllable risk factors and uh, intervening in a way when people's bodies have a chance to heal themselves. As we've talked about things in the larger NASH conversation about the value of non-progression as an endpoint and as a focus of conversation, I think that may be even more important when we talk about African-American patients. I'd also just like to suggest that since NASH at this stage, unfortunately, is still biopsy-defined, that that may have a disproportionate effect on African-Americans and other underserved, medically underserved populations who have less access to medical care. And so they're far less likely than to receive something as advanced as a biopsy. And so aren't even included in the formal NASH diagnosed population. I just think those two areas that we've discussed in many ways across the NASH community or in some sectors, certainly not mine, but as nice to haves, they may really truly be need to haves when we start talking about African-American patients. I'd like to add something else here is that at Howard University Hospital, we found out that a lot of the patients who come and present at uh, advanced stage of liver disease, especially progressing towards uh, HCC, are usually coming at a very late stage of the disease. And we always wondered why that was the case and maybe the social determinants of health that Yanni and also Annie talked about may uh, contribute to that. But the other aspect of it is also fear of kind of confronting their issues in the presence of uh, a physician, even African-American physicians, uh, because of the history that dates back decades. That also should be factored into that uh, social determinants of health. And then the other thing is when we look at, for example, the and how often does NASH lead to cirrhosis? Between 5 to, I believe, 12% of people with NASH eventually progress to cirrhosis. But when you look at how long does it take for NASH to become cirrhosis, it used to be, in fact, what the chapter that I wrote about NASH and NAFLD, I did say it, it took decades. But now the recent studies indicate it may take two years to develop cirrhosis from NASH. And in that sphere of time, the African-American community uh, may not necessarily fare well because even though it takes longer to develop cirrhosis, once cirrhosis has already started, the progression to the end-stage liver disease is very fast. And that's something that really caught my attention, but it's not really well documented uh, in, uh, or at least attention is not paid to it as much in the public 
health sphere. And now, back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We will be back next week with Jorn Schottenberg, Ian Rowe, and first-timer Chris Estes, epidemiologist and fatty liver disease modeler at the Center for Disease Analysis Foundation. Our topic, the public health value of conducting fatty liver screening at community-based sites. Until then, stay safe, surf on, see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye now.